Da-da! Uh-huh. 
And Yishakoch to Yisrael for setting up everything in here tonight. And for everyone, everyone, everyone. And everything tonight should be the Ilu Nishmas, Reb Shlomo, Ben Reb Naftali, the Pesias. Amen. For many of us in the room, um, I would say that it's fair to say that the reason most of us know each other is because of Reb Shlomo. It's very clear, not just me and you, or not just me and you. If you think about it for a second, the reason why most of us ended up knowing each other, it's because of a gate that he had opened for some of us, maybe it was when we came here for Shana Aleph, or, or in high school, or as kids, it doesn't really matter when, but he was a gate opener, and he continues to be a gate opener for so many people. And uh, it's, such a, it's such a beautiful thing. So, just, Reb Shlomo said, a chassid walks through a gate, remember? Like this. While he's walking through the gate, he makes it wider. That's how a chassid walks through a gate. That's why a yid walks through a gate. That's how we open gates. We don't walk through gates. We, we go through them while we're making it even wider. And that's, that's what he did every day of his life. And, and that's what, Baruch Hashem, many of the chavr here are doing every day, so... I can't tell you how emotional I got during Mariv right now. I got so... Also because you were davening, because you were chazen. I just got so emotional that we're in our, in our makom, in a place to make Hashem's name great in the world. And his yard site, the first yard site we have here. It just, whatever, it started putting a lot of things together and piecing all these different pieces and all these different figures started like popping up in my mind during Mariv, which, which wasn't so good because I had to, you know... <laughs> I'm going to stay with the, with the words, but that's what it is. So, we're going to hear from some chavr tonight um, and sing a bit and really just open our hearts a little bit, a little bit more, open the gates of our hearts a little bit wider. And every year around the Yorzeit, I get so nervous. I get so nervous because for me, the Yorzeit's always a day of cheshbon and nefesh, big cheshbon and nefesh, meaning soul accounting. Like, Hashem sent us through someone so much light, so much Torah, so much Torah, Lemaisa, so much Torah. And it's a heavy day to see where are you with all, the, with all the light that was sent your way. And one time he was in, in an interview, Kansas City, 1977. Interview asks him, what are you big on? And he said, without hesitating, vitamin S, Shabbos, and Simcha. And I think the only way to, to do a real sincere soul accounting is with Simcha, for real, like for the, the real soul accounting. So, Ezrat Hashem, I just want to give a, a, I want to give, I actually want a bracha from everyone, if you don't mind. I need a bracha to, to Ezrat Hashem, finish a certain, you know, world of avoda of his, where at the end of completing his parish on the Chumash, and it's like there's brick wall after brick wall. It's a lo yuman. I, I can't tell you how many 
I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been. There's a certain parsha stuck on, can't get through this. I don't know what it is. I think it's just simcha. This needs more simcha in the avoda. So just daven that there should be simcha with this avoda, with a lot of tzad dishmaya and a lot of love. V'chule, v'chule. So I want to share one thing. I always get nervous around the yorzeit also because I want to focus over something new or something that maybe I heard but I forgot. And this very, very uh, cute story that I heard him tell like 20 years ago and I, I heard it again this week when I was working on a, a shir for, on um, Parsha Shoftim, 1987. And he said like this, this is so deep, listen to this. Rabbi Shlomo said that a person has to have, you, you have to like always find Rebbes, always. There's always someone there that's there to teach you something, and they become your Rebbe at that moment. And he, Rabbi Shlomo said he realized subconsciously he was picking up Rebbes his whole life. His whole life he was picking up Rebbes. So he said that when he was 18 years old, he was learning by Rebbe Aaron in Lakewood. And all he did was, like in his words, he was learning 48, 48 hours a day, right? He's learning and learning and Unfortunately, his Abba, Reb Naftali, had got a heart attack. And there was a hospital in New Hampshire, I believe he said it was. In New Hampshire? Bethlehem? Is that there? He said his father was in the hospital there. He got a heart attack. They put him there. It was good there. The air was good for him there. And he went from, from New York to the, on the train. He went to New Hampshire. And he said that next to him, on the train, uh, behind him on the train was, uh, maybe he said a bus, I don't remember now, whatever form of, of, uh, of uh, transportation he took. He said this guy was sitting next to him, a yid, a yid that was, I think he said, in his like m- mid-30s or early 30s. And the guy was boasting, boasting, boasting over all the, the leave-it-to-your-imagination taivas that... This 18-year-old Lakewood Bacher never heard of even, <laughs> right? And money, and of course, Tava Tavas Nashim, and he, he was so, like, the guy was going off on everything that you never even heard of. And, but Reb Shlomo could sense that he may be boasting, but there's something going on here. So this is 18-year-old Reb Shlomo, he looks at him and he says, listen, I'll tell you the truth, I have no idea what half this, I don't even know what half the stuff you said even means, but it seems you have this whole world that you're really into. I have one question for you. He said, what's your last thought before you go to sleep? So the guy got startled, and he looked at him, and he said, Shlema, the last thought I have before I go to sleep is, please, God, I never want to do this again. So Reb Shlomo looked at him, and he said, you know what the last thought I have before I go to sleep? is, please, God, I want to do exactly again tomorrow what I did today. He was sitting and learning all day long. He told that to the guy. And Reb Shlomo said, listen, at that time, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have the Moshav, he didn't, he didn't have the Karbach Shun. He wasn't going to tell him, come, come with me to Lakewood, you know. What, what is he, he wasn't by the Rebbe yet. So he didn't know, he, what was he going to tell him, right? So he said he didn't have really anything to tell him, but he saw the guy got off the train or the bus, and he looked at him and he said, and he waved at him, and he saw the Rambam's Hilchas Tshuva in that wave. Mm. And the guy went like that. And he said he never forgot that wave of that, of that Yid. And he said that Yid became his Rebbe. 
you know, that state, that vision, I, I, I waving to another Jew who actually does want to wake up tomorrow to the same reality he does today. Put, he saw how much he put inside this guy by one simple question. But what's so beautiful is that when he told the story, he wasn't telling him, he wasn't sharing the story to tell the chevra, look at what a sharp answer I gave that guy. Or look, how, look how clever I was to make him do tshuva. That's the depth of Reb Shlomo. He wasn't trying to boast about his own, look what I did. I asked him a question that was so deep, I got him. I got him. He's going to stop being off the derech. He said, look, I still remember today the way that guy waved what his face looked like. Rip Chavez was one of his first rebbes at the, you know, at the age of, of, of six or seven, whatever exactly that year was. All these people were rebbes, so I want to say that, you know, for me, I'm looking around this room, and so many of you have been rebbes to me, and I mean that, and we should be rebbes to each other, best friends to each other, rebbes to each other, and never underestimate the power of, of one good word, one good look, one good story you tell someone, because you never know if at that moment you become their, their rebbe. L'chaim toim l'shom. Okay, we'll sing one more Gernigan, and then we're going to hear from someone. You know what, this, this is one of Lewis's favorite nigunim, my dear brother Lewis.
I have no idea how long we have the privilege of having Reb Simcha here with us. So I'm going to ask Reb Simcha to share some, a few words. I'm so uh, we're, we are so honored you came here tonight. This is probably event one out of eight that Reb Simcha has tonight. Maybe this is three out of eight. I don't know which one it is, but uh, this is you've been a pillar of our chevra from minus day one, and. It's such a schuss to be together on the yard site. I was watching your wedding a few hours ago. L'chaim, mazel tov. L'chaim, mazel tov. Okay, great, great, great. Days are coming. Girl, it sounds like a girl's seminary in here when I go to play. It's like, Bema et Chevron, like. Days are coming. Days are coming. But the hunger will not be for bread, and the thirst will not be for water, but to eat the Word of God. Let's go. 
with Rav Shlomo and to be a little bit connected to the shul. I always joke around that there's you know, membership for the locals and there's membership also for those out-of-town membership. I think from the beginning to be a strong out-of-town member. But I'm really, really always, always connected to the Chavra and listening to Shiorim. If I have any internet addiction, it's because of Rav Shlomo. <laughs> all the good Shiorim and all loading up. I never had certain phones, but yes, all the beautiful Shiorim. Thank you so much. Anyway, thousands of emotions, thousands of thoughts, every niggin, every chord is evoking so many memories. And Nabaruch Hashem, Come back to the Pasuk I began with. So the Torah was running through my head a little bit. If Shlomo used to tell, Avam Avinu, the third day of the circumcision, Vayer Elav Hashem, and we all know whenever the word Elav is used, it's coming, I want you to connect to my atzmi, or to my essence and my essence, to the inside of my inside. There's revelation, even within godly revelations, there are levels of revelation. There's levels of how revealed, but the highest revelation a person can have is this Lashem Vayer Elav Hashem. Beyond name, beyond, beyond, the deepest, deepest depths of Avram Avinu is being revealed to him. V'abritcha shechatam tebifsareinu. Avram now we find all Ramach Evarim to be ready to see the greatest revelation. In the middle of this revelation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvodo V'yatzma is Mavakacholim. Avram Avinu comes to reveal himself. Avram says... Hold on. If I find favor in your eyes, do me a favor, Hashem. Could you wait a few minutes? I have a very, very, excuse me, I have call waiting. Just, I'm putting you on hold a little bit. Even between us, it's not so polite. But imagine when Hashem himself is revealing himself. And this is the real, like I said, after the Brit Milah, it's from the, literally from the flesh, the inside of the inside. And there, what's Avram going to do? What already could be higher than that? Avram's running to three angels. And they didn't look like angels. They were Bedouins. And there, they weren't just regular Bedouins, because most Bedouins are monotheistic. These were idol worshippers. And believing in the Avak and the Afal Meraglam, all its connotations... And there Avraham Avinu writes him into his tent. So Rav Shlomo had a famous, famous Torah. What's Kodesh and what's Kodesh Kodashim? Holy is I keep everything, everything that it says in Shulchan Aruch. Everything that's written. Makbit, Kekula, Kachumra, Kachotasara. Halavai, halavai. But then there's another level of holy. It's the holy of holies. The Holy of Holies is that I'm willing to put my holiness on hold in order to make somebody else holy. I'm willing to put my Kedusha on pause so I could bring up another person and make him holy also. Avam Avinu says, I have a mission. I have to, I have to leave right now. 
Shlomo had a long story about one of the great Hasidim who had lost his Rebbe. And he was looking and searching for a new soul master. He went from tzaddik to tzaddik to the next tzaddik. Finally he heard that in this particular Beit Midrash, Shabbos is not just me'en olam haba, it's a really a strong bechin of olam haba. He's, but you know, to, in order to get ready for the Shabbat, you need Vatikin Friday morning, after Mishma, maybe Thursday night, saying all of Tehillim, Shnai Mikra Vachadzoa, and he's doing it all. And there he's Mamish up to Perk Kuf Memei in the Tehillim. And the, this was by the Rebbe, the Nishchiz. He gets a tap on his sh- shoulder, and he says, The Rebbe wants to see you. And he motions, he points to his Tehillim of Shlomo to the story, like, just five more to go. If, uh, and there, Shamish comes back five minutes later and says, the Rebbe wants to see you ASAP. He comes in to the Rebbe, he's ready. This is going to be the revelation, the ticket of my in the Shama. I'm going to know everything from this Google, the last Google. The Rebbe looks at him and says, Maisha, the water carrier, is in a lot, a lot of trouble. You got to get him back here before Shabbos. ASAP. He looks at him, do you know who I am? Do you know what my Rebbe was? Do you know what I'm in the middle of learning right now? Do you know how much Torah I know? And you tell me to take care of a, he, not just a water carrier, but now you're telling me it's Maishal the drunk kid, the water carrier. And the Rebbe says, you gotta bring him back. Maishal the drunk is right now in a certain, certain place. Listen, I don't know exactly which tavern he's in, but he's in one of the bars and you have to bring him back before Shabbos emergency. Okay, he says, not only is this not my soul master, this is Mamish, Bizli Tamidei Chachamim. Doesn't the Rebbe know, and I should be dealing with drunks? Okay, this, he, he looks all around. I, I feel bad, I'm taking Rav Shlomo's time. But I'm just <laughs> ma- ma- making, it, making it quick. He goes from pub to pub. Stretch it out. As and as <laughs> he finds Maishala there lying in the worst state you could possibly imagine. It's, the, it's not only Gala Tadat, it's the Memtet of Gala Tadat. Gala, and there he has Mamish no. He's screaming and cursing. He says, the Rebbe needs you before Shabbos. I don't know what it's about. You got to come. Okay, he brings Mamish to the drunk. You can imagine Mamish to the drunk. Emptied out everything and he vomited all over this Chassid's Kapata and his Shabbos garments. And he was all, comes into the Rebbe, brings the drunk in front of him. And he says, this is it. This obviously not only is not my Rebbe, this whole thing was a <coughs> mistake. And it was a mistake. The second few stars are out, I'm out of here. Shabbos passes, he's closed off from any child the Rebbe is saying. Comes and says Shabbat. And right by Shalashidas, he gets a tap on the shoulder. He's already at Qanatano. In his mind, he's already to be Mavdim in Kodesh Tachon. And there he comes over. This Shamash, he says, the Rebbe wants to see him outside Shabbos. He says, the Rebbe wants to see me. If it's Chassidim are drunk on Friday afternoon, you just imagine we're holding Saturday night. And he says, tell the Rebbe, thank you. Maybe a different Gilgal, but not this time around. He gets a note, another note, message from the Rebbe. The Rebbe wants you there from Lava Macha. Comes in and the Rebbe says, I know what you think of me. But I really, really don't care. But you know, if you already came here, why don't you learn one thing from me? And this one thing I want you to learn from me. You see, God is infinite. God's beyond time and space. 
Sometimes you think your tehillim is the most important thing in the world. Sometimes <coughs> tehillim could wait. But this Maishala's wife and children couldn't wait anymore. They were so fed up. They were so disgusted that the, that the husband, their father is a drunk. He doesn't function. He doesn't carry his responsibilities. She, this time when she came in, she says, I want to get, I want a divorce. She was dead serious. And I saw that there was no turning back. And I knew I had only a few hours to sober Moshe up, Moshe up and bring him back to his family Friday night. So maybe I took away from you to tell him. And you, but you have to know, sometimes God could wait. But all the Moshe, the water carriers, and all the drunks, and all, call them for now, the B'nai Geshem, Neymarai, all the holy castaways, all those who only taste the bitterness of Yiddishkeit, they can't wait. If Shlomo dedicated his life in the middle of the Vayera Elav Hashem, in the middle of his tap-tap learning and unbelievable in Yeshiva and in Lakewood and before Shlomo Hyman, and Shlomo says, I have even a bigger mission. Kodesh, Kodesh Kadashim. I have to put my own holiness on hold or to make other people holy, order to raise other people up. There's a time that was enough to be holy, but now our generation needs to be holy of holies. And we should learn from Avram Avinu, from Nefshlomo, and not have all my love decha. Bezat Hashem. Schuta yagen aleinu. We'll finish with the Pasuk we started, ki siftei koin yish meudat. V'dat toi yavakshu mipio, ki malach Hashem tzvakotu. So as many times what does it mean a Rebbe should be like a Malach? Some people say, out of body, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't eat, he never makes a mistake. For sure that's all like a Malach. Okay, Malach, remember, human beings are holy, a Malach is a Omeid. You want a Rebbe that you want to seek out Torah from, seek out a Rebbe, Ki Malach Hashem Svakoto, that he's a Bechina of an Omeid. He's standing for another Jew. Avram Avinu, the Shabbos, for Omeid Aleim Tachat Eitz Vayachilu. It's a long way of Tova. Torah, but for Omeid. Avon didn't want to make the angels feel, feel bad. So he says, I, your angels, you have to be Omeid, you have to stay in one place. I'll also be Mavata, my Halicha. I'll no longer be Halach Venaso, Halach Lecha. I'll stay in my place. Just, just not to make you feel bad. Lechaim, Lechaim, we should all be Zolcha. Dinu di Shota, Shlomo, Shlomo. To really draw from the tree of
we're, we're so honored that you're here and we get benched a million times over to continue carrying this torch in the, in the most unique way like only you know how to and it's teaching us so much for so many years. We're so honored to have that um, Pesach's Abba, Rabbi Rothberg is with us as well. Welcome, and we want to hear from your son. So first of all, uh, uh, Shlomo, uh, beyond a great deal of gratitude because I have to tell you a story I think I've told it but I want to say I've never really said it in public before but about it's a good 15 years ago or so maybe between 12 and 15 years ago I was hanging out with uh, the Ostrova Biala Rebbe and uh, I bless us First of all, the privilege to be connected with, with Rebbe's that can see inside of our souls and connect us with the highest place in heaven, Chaim. Chaim. And he looked at me at one point and he said, are, are you friends with, 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 with Rav Shlomo Katz? You know him? I said, yeah. And he said, he's carrying the torch. He's carrying the torch. And I'm not just saying this, I'm not just saying this stump, but because <clears throat> you should know that upon my arrival in Eretz Yisrael in 2004, Reb Shlomo, Reb, Reb Shlomo Karlebach was, was one of the main reasons, if not the main reasons, that I decided it was time to move to Eretz Yisrael. Because when you hear truth, see, truth isn't something that, okay, maybe it can be on one level, something that you've never heard before. That's one level of truth. There's another level of truth that when you hear it, it's not that you never knew it before and oh, thank you very much. It's a nice, it's something, it's something new to remember. But you've known it all along your whole life and maybe even before and you're just now being reminded of it. That's when something's really true. And so coming here, to Eretz Yisrael and being connected with people <clears throat> who are not just learning these Torahs, but living Torahs and sharing them and giving them over and reminding each other. That's so much what we have to do is wake each other up, remind each other. And I just want to say, first of all, thank you the most for being my friend and for really being the affirmation of, of why I came to live in Eretz Yisrael and for sharing that with everybody here because... Come on, if you get real, like how much, what percentage of what we know about Rav Shlomo Karlebach is because of Rav Shlomo? Oh, I'm so glad I asked you to speak today. I'm not... But really... No, but really... No, the truth is it goes deeper than that because... We're so hungry for something real, something that goes just beyond being a regular teaching, something that feels good, but something that can give us a little bit of, of, of juice, something to work with, right? Something to help us.
to know that we're not just doing it for today or for tomorrow, but we're doing it for generations to come. Shlomo tells a story about a Jacob or Chassid. Town of Jacob, anybody been there? I don't know. But the Jacob or Chassid, uh, there's, a, there's a custom to have payas down to the floor. This particular Jacob or Chassid is payas went all the way down to the floor. Anybody knows the machlokis, if it has to be down maybe to your chin or maybe to, to, to your, the top of your jawbone. This Jacob or Chassid had payas down to the floor. Somebody asked him, why do you have payas down to the floor? He said, because if, if I only had payas to my chin, let's say, so I know that my son will have payas up to the midway point of his ear, my grandson will have payas that maybe go behind his ear, my great-great-grandson, maybe he'll know that there was such a thing called payas. But if I have payas all the way down to the floor, then I know for sure, Taka, that my son will have payas at least down to his knees. My grandson will have payas to his waist, my great-grandson will have passed. My great-great-great-grandson. You get the point. The question really is, how much of what we're doing is just for the moment, just for right now, and how much of it is what we're doing for our children, for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren? And Reb Shlomo has given us a tremendous gift, a living Torah that connects so much with the reality that our world is facing today. And he was talking about this even 40, 50 years ago, if not longer. And yet it's applicable today. It's so much in our lives today. And I just want to give everybody a bracha that whatever we think we know, first of all, we have no idea. But second of all, we should hang out with it and live it and give it over, not in a level of just information, but shining it, shining it by living, by living these words. And I, I bless us all to connect with the Torah that, that speaks to us in that way, which, which lights us up. And it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege to be in this chevra to be so connected with people who are yearning for something real, something holy, and are hungry and thirsty. So I want us to imbibe it, drink it, ingest it, take it in. But most importantly, to be living it. Mamish Torah Eitz Chaim. So Chaim. Chaim. We're so lucky you, you guys moved here. We're all so lucky you guys moved here. Mamash. We'll sing one more nigun, and we'll hear more <clears throat> on the moshav this last cholamoyed. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, was anyone here on, on the festivals? So you remember, it, it doesn't look the place doesn't look anymore like what it, what it used to look like, and uh, it's, it's very different. And also the crowd that was there, I realized ninety percent of them were born uh, after Shlomo died. So it was like it's it's a very funny scene. So I decided. And I gave them a tour of the Moshav from the stage based on where Reb Shlomo wrote which nigun on the Moshav, different locations. Because that's whatever, it's all, you know. So, this, I've been thinking about this nigun a lot. Because I pointed them all to the girls. Like, you guys all want, basically, I don't know, if you had to wait, a lot of the chavar had to wait for like, like two hours outside the gates this year. But, um... I said, you all walk through the gate, right? So uh, let me tell you a story. Um, 
Reb Shlomo was one of his one of his friends was visiting for Shabbos, Reb Zalman Shachter, and they kept Shalashudas for hours. That's why we have so many tapes of like Shabbos tiras because someone did Avdala, ran to his house, brought the tape recorder, and we were able to chop a lot of long Shalashudas shmuzin, which is like he was still in Shabbos, but the Torah was was caught. So <coughs> this is a summer Shabbos. And it's like getting late, Zalman has to catch a plane. So they all walked him. Shlomo said, let's walk Brother Z, that's what he called him, let's walk Brother Z to the gate, and the cab will come and wait from there and take him to the airport. So the Homo Shav, it was 1978, the Homo Shav walked him to the gate, and while they were walking to the gate, this is the nigun that came down. It's one of my favorite nigun. <laughs> share a little bit, but he doesn't know it yet, but when we, right after, a little bit after Reb Shlomo passed away, we moved back to Los Angeles from Ranana, and I was like, I was 15, 16 at the time, and my, it was a very, very weird age to move back, to change high schools, to whatever, it was just very, mamash lo pashut, and my father was privileged to become the, he became the chazan of a very big shul in Los Angeles, and the only way that they could basically ease the pain of the move, he said, you know, that we hear there are some Karlba Hasidim that daven downstairs. So I didn't, I didn't know if they were just trying to entice me to say it'll be, it won't be that bad, it'll be okay. But when I got there, the first Shabbos, my father's chazan upstairs, this big, luxury, you know, big fancy shul, I heard, my mom, I heard the banging, and I went, I walked down downstairs to a room, and I saw, 
I saw like the contrast of like straight Beverly Hills upstairs to the freaks and the hippies <laughs> and the colors downstairs, and I never left downstairs. <laughs> Mom did get a little worried when I was, you know, 16 going to my friend's 40th birthday parties <laughs> 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 or other stuff, but, but uh, one of the people that, that uh, I, I, re- I received so much from at such a young age is, is Louis, is Aryeh Leib. Wow. One of, the, one of the original members of the Happening in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm just so happy you're here tonight. And we have so many good memories. But um, do you want to just share something fast, how you met, how you met Rip Shlomo? Sure. Um, when I was, I was completely secular, I was living in, in uh, La Jolla. I was about 30 years old, and I, I really thought I was going to spend the rest of my life in La Jolla. It was the most beautiful place. But I kept on walking by this rabbi that lived around the corner. It's like, you've never been to Israel? You've got to go to Israel. So I ended up going to Israel, and I never connected with Shlomo that summer in Israel. But when I got back, I was like, I have to move to Los Angeles. I heard there's all these, this is where the community is, and I'll move there. And, I quickly met Stuart Wax, who, who took Shlomo to Russia and through a music exchange program, and he was very involved with Shlomo for many years. And so we went to the car, he said, you have to go, this was summertime, the end of the summer. I was still secular, I was like just becoming a Baltuva, and he's like, you have to go to the Kalbach release in first Torah. And that year, Simcha's Torah was like wrapping around the Shabbat. And so I was there for four straight days with Shlomo, uh, 1993. I was blessed a year and a half before he passed away. And the davening there, I was just like crying and crying and crying. And Mamish, it was like, it was something that like, it was such an opening of the heart and such a like a feeling like I found what I was looking for my whole life. And Baruch Hashem, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. And so I went back to Los Angeles and we started a happy minion. And all of these Karlbach guys like popped out of nowhere. And before you know it, we had this, this thriving shul that Shlomo, as he said, he was the one of the chazin. And we were just so blessed. and. Those are like the fondest times that still like we're talking about like how many years ago? Nineteen ninety four. We're talking about like almost almost thirty years ago, and this is still like what carries me with my Yiddish guy, with my belief, with my practice, and so it's just it's such an ingrained part of my life, and um, <coughs> I just feel so lucky to have met you that you came to Los Angeles that you brought so much holiness and awareness and just opened me up to like, wow. So mm. I just feel like grateful. I need one of your shirts though. Right? <laughs> he has this great shirt, I'm grateful. <laughs> so I really like, I just... So I was, one more thing, so I was blessed that every time Shlomo came to California, I'd be like the first one to say, he's got to do it in my house. So I hosted Shlomo several times, and we hosted him in Hanukkah time, where he actually came out with the Nigun. The Nigun came from the sky, came from heaven, 
And so uh, you were the cat, you know, who lives in Tekoa, right below me. I just happened to pick Tekoa, and he's the one that brought this nigun out to the world. It's like, it's like, you know, if you don't believe in God, it's like when all these things happen, it's like you gotta like, you need to be hit in the head how hard people can like say, like, this is incredible. This is, things like that, coincidences don't happen. This is all like mamish, how God works in the world. Mm-hmm. So we gotta sing it, nigga. Sure, we'll sing it. Just the nigga. So it's, I think the last thing is just everyone, just like David Sachs just gave a talk here. I listened to it online. It's just having your eyes open and feeling it, and like the best thing he said was like, "What do we know?" Like when when stuff happens that blows your mind, it's like just to know, like this is God, how God works in the world, and don't doubt it for one second. This, this is what God does all day long. We don't understand it. We don't know how, through angels, however, the worlds, whatever. But just this is how God does it, and so we should all just embrace it and just never doubt it and never just like brush it off, because this is how it happens. Simchas Torah in 1978. No, or they had just gotten engaged. I don't remember. And Reb Shlomo said that he, uh, my father said that he remembers. He walked in, and for 45 minutes they sang one nigun. Absolutely. One nigun. You know, I've been trying to do that minhag at our Kol Shul to go up. 
Not yet. Every hakapo is one melody, and you do it until you're ready to move on. 45 minutes, he was singing this nigga. person that I'm going to ask was next time when he wrote this, but he probably doesn't remember it, so I'm not going to test him. Okay, this is the deepest, this is like, I can't believe that he, he only wrote this at the end of his life. It's such a strong nigun. Okay, but let's like the whole uh, seminary trip, like, I'm asking everyone to, to like what Shlomo said, to hold on to the last note. Mm -hmm. Whatever I sing, whatever the last note is, hold on to it, okay? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean. Da 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 da
try with me from the beginning again. face i used to i used to before i met you i i looked at you for hours on video and uh then when i saw you i was freaked out that you were older than than uh <laughs> how i had you in my mind but uh i'm so happy you're here have you sure and yeah you were right there next to him when he wrote this last thing okay thank you so much <clears throat> They asked Ravaran of Karlin, why do Hasidim dance on Friday night davening? He says, look at their legs. When they dance, they have one floor, one foot on the floor, and one foot in heaven. One foot on the floor, one foot in heaven. <laughs> 
say, in a moment, we're going to have spontaneous dancing. You guys ready? Okay, everyone up. So they took away the lanterns. So the guard said, how am I going to guard at night? Six months later, <coughs> they came back and said, I'm really sorry. We don't have money for the second lantern either. So the second guard was very scared. said, I'm going to guard at night. But the first guard wasn't scared anymore. Why? Because in those six months, he learned how to see in the darkness. You know what's even deeper than that? When you close your eyes, it's not dark. You know, when we, when we do a nigun, all shlomo's nigunim, it's just not dark. 
<clears throat> that's number one. Number two, everyone knows Shlomo walked around the world lifting people up. His music lift, picked people up. Who picks people up more than anyone else? Our children, right? You ever children, they run to you and you pick them up? Who's picking up who higher? Yeah. <laughs> That's why, you know, everyone knows that if you don't hear all the Megillah, you have to hear it again, except to one kind of person, which? If you're a parent. Why? Because parents, even when they're falling asleep, they're not, they're not sleeping. How do you know? You're sleeping, your children come to you and they say, Abba, what do you say? What? So you're where they're sleeping. Anyway, we should be blessed to walk around the world lifting people up. And you know, I can't say the Rebbe that said this, but I want to bless you all. You should be like goldfish. <laughs> goldfish, they have a 10-second memory. Could you imagine if I would just forget? This person hurt me. Just be a goldfish. <laughs> and everyone knows what happens when you dance. I forgot about it. Really. And I would say the last thing is that... Um, Okay, I'll say one, just one, uh, one last thing. I was, <clears throat> everyone know there's a train from Penn Station that goes to Newark? You know this train? It's 18 minutes. There is such a train. And uh, <clears throat> so I was, you know, uh, and Shlomo said, there's two kind of Torahs. There's Torah you put in the bank and there's cash Torah. Mm. So I'm all ready. You know, I got my cash Torah. I'm ready to share, right? So I sit down on this train because <clears throat> I'm flying out of Newark, and um, I sit down. <laughs> I sit down to the person sitting next to me. This person is also a member of the cloth. It's the wrong cloth. <laughs> it's the wrong sex. It was a big balaga. Anyway, there's a little priest left. It's a woman. <laughs> As in, the train's going, I only got 18 minutes. That's it. So we're talking a little Torah because she you knows she studies scripture. We're talking. To, you know. Anyway, after a while, I said to, her, uh, you know, let me just let you know that um, there's a big problem with with Yaakov because Yaakov got nevuah. He got nevuah and it was outside of Israel. Uh, so the Shemi Shmuel says, don't worry. Even though he was outside of Israel, but where was his mind? His mind was. Uh, in Eretz Yisrael. And everyone knows what Baal Shem Tov teaches, that uh, you are where your mind is. So if I'm walking around the world saying, today I'm going to pick someone up, that's where my mind is. Anyway, I mean, how long can you talk in 18 minutes? It's over. I gave her my card, and that's the end of the story. Anyway, two years later, she, I get an email. She writes to me. She says to me, listen, uh, you know, I'm a priest or whatever. And uh, I am an old age home, and I go around to different uh, people to say, how are you doing, chaplain? 
And I'm sitting with one woman. She's uh, very old and she was very, very sad. She asked, why are you so sad? She said, because um, uh, a good friend of mine passed away and uh, I can't go to the funeral. And so uh, this priest, just looking at the chart, she says, I see you're Jewish. She says, yes, I'm Jewish. He says, you know, two years ago, I was on the train with this rabbi. And this rabbi taught me that it's not where your body is, it's where your mind is. So let us, let's be now with, the, with your friend. And you know, um, we should just play with each other, walk around with cash Torah. Give it over, it doesn't matter, who, who knows? Right? You never know. You never know. You might be giving it over a priest, who knows? Anyway, here, we'll do, we'll do this. Return again. So to Rav Biederman and his Torah, and one of the constant, one of the common themes that keeps on coming up with Rav Biederman and his Torah is obviously the concept of bitachon, 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 bitachon. When you have, I was talking about it with Toby, he said, when you have 
chain, and it's proper chain, not chain that you use to get your way out of trouble, but chain that you use to go into greater things. Chain, I think we spoke about this too. Chain tov is, is the letters bitachon. Then you have bitachon, that everything's going to work out, right? So I want to tell you, this is like a, a, a Rav Biederman story that, by Rav Shlomo. My friend saw this with his own eyes, so he told me this. My friend Alon from the Moshav said, one summer, Rav Shlomo came, and you know, there used to be a, I don't know who remembers this, there used to be a makolet, and there used to be a makolet on the Moshav. It, it was a bad, it was a <laughs> bad scene. <laughs> and it didn't, not, it didn't add up. It wasn't, <laughs> nothing really made sense there. But one, one year, one year it was the chovot, the chovot were really, it was like, it didn't. <laughs> so Shlomo came and he heard about, you know, the chavot called and said, Shlomo, the chov and the makolet, this thing is out of control. So he came with like wads of cash. He came and he paid back, he paid all the suppliers, right? He covered everyone's debts. And then my friend Alon says, he walked out of Moshav. Back then you could make a left to go to Tel Aviv. You didn't have to make a right and make a U-turn because you'd go out. It was open over there. So he, he, he sees Reb Shlomo's hitching a ride. To, tell, to get to Tel Aviv. He didn't have money to even... So he said to him, Rebbe, what? What? Are you are you serious? You just paid off all our loans. Well, what's why are you why are you hitching? He's like, brother, I don't. You know, whatever. I have a concert tomorrow. Whatever. I'll I'll get the cash then. <laughs> so he said, but that's crazy. He's like, oh no no no, brother. I work for brother G. Right. <laughs> I work for I work for God. I'm I'm, I'm gonna get to Tel Aviv. What are you talking about? I work for God. I work for God. Like, okay, so we all say we're of the Hashem, right? Then there are people that's like, that's a very tangible part of their life. That's how they live. Now, we can't lechatchila. most of us can't and probably shouldn't try that at home. But at a certain point, when it's like Reb Simcha was saying, it's not your choice anymore. It's not your choice. And um, that story to me, it shows, it, it teaches me so much about the, the world that he, that he was born into and the world that he saw and the world that he had to deal with. Um, and then choosing to be an Eved Hashem in that kind of a world, it's a, it's a different world than our world. And that's why no one can understand him. No, you know, I was so proud of my Abba. I'm always so proud of him, but one of the times that I was like so proud to be his son was that uh, the year after Reb Shlomo died, there was a big concert in Los Angeles in his memory. And I think they flew, I think we were still living in Israel, I think they flew my father out, Sam Glazer, a friend of ours in LA, Reb Yom Tov's brother was, was uh, producing it. And, my fa- and everyone was saying how, who Reb Shlomo was, and, and my father got up, and my father never pretended. My father spent plenty of time with him from 1969, but he never pretended to have any idea who Reb Shlomo was. So when he got up on stage, and he was singing, he was singing Shivchi Kamayim Libe, and he, I, I, was, I, was, I couldn't believe it. My father said to them in the middle, he's like, you think you knew who he was? You think you knew who he was? You think you knew who he was? It was such a pride, it was so proud, like I could listen to that today over and over. You think you knew who he was, so 
these stories get glimpses into what it means to be an Eved Hashem and to take all the tires of the Baal Shem Tov and all the tzaddikim we learn and actually see it before, to see, uh, to see that like, that happens in real life. And it's not, oh, one day I hope that I won't fall in Nisayan or not. And I think that, you know, if he would never, you know, he was the most non-personable person when it came to him sharing what he's feeling. People tried all the time. And he would always make, make a joke about it as a, ah, Brother Fritz, you know. Rabbi Max Bernstein, Temple of the Holy Bagel, is here to. He would always make a joke out of it, and everything, because he had he had not. It was he didn't feel at all that his Indian in this world was to. He was constantly working, 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 working for the Rebbeinu Shlomo, constantly working for Hashem, so plugged in, so mechubai, mechubai to pnimius. And certain people, they need a lot of different props and maps to get around and the world that he was born into and the world that he was 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 drinking from for so many years it prepped away from him to have his own gps like he knew he knew how to get around he knew he knew where he was and one of the greatest stories about that is that when he was uh, one time in the middle of, of teaching some hippier chavre up in berkeley in the mid-70s so, this is like one of my favorite stories. So someone said to him, uh, Rabbi, where are your charts? Oh my gosh, I love this one. <laughs> he said, where are your charts? So he said, what do you mean? He's like, you mentioned the word Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. So already back then it was, you know, becoming like a, a hot, you know. But you said Kabbalah. So where's your, you know, he said, what do you mean? He's like, you know, Keser, Gevura, Tiferet, Hod, Malkut. You know, like you can tell, like people... They have no idea what they're talking about, but they know. He said, Kabbalah has to be charts and, you know, shapes and colors. And Listen, his answer, his answer is my bracha to everyone in this kehillah and all over Efrat and all over Eretz Yisrael. Listen to this. His answer was so spitz, like you say. He said, brother, if you take a trip to Paris and you hire a tour guide to show you around... Do you want to hire Yossi? This is maybe some Musr, maybe Musr or, or, or Kovat. I don't know. We'll figure it out. He said, do you want to hire a tour guide who needs a map himself in order to get around? He says, you hire someone that lives there. Yeah. He said, brother, I live here. There are no charts. Mm-hmm. There are no maps. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where are we holding with that? L'chaim. L'chaim. So, tell them about the opening of your Huh? Tell them about the opening of your Yerkan. Uh, you'll tell them. I'm going to say, I just want to finish this thought. So this thought is that, like, the bracha, the bracha to everyone. The bracha is that when we learn Torah, when we open up a Shulchan Aruch, when we're opening up, be it a Shulchan Aruch, a Likuti Maran, a Tanya, a Gemara, uh, it doesn't matter that our Hagasha is we live here this is our you know the no say kalim the sh- the, you know what a shulchan aruch means if you think about it it means it's a set table meaning this is there's 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 halichas of a set table this is I know how to I know I, I know how to sit at a table I know how to dine the mannerisms of whatever that means to sit at a table our Hagasha of being of being with Torah is should be so close it shouldn't be something that I feel foreign to. It should be something that 
I feel close to. And like Rib Simcha said, he sat by the gates for people that didn't stand a chance to mm. feel mm. that they could be at home with the Torah. Mm. They didn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. And that, like, one, one of Rib Shlomo's big top Hasidim in America, he, I was with him in somewhere, and I thought, like, he'd be so, we didn't see each other in a long time, and he gave it to me. He mamish ripped into me. I couldn't believe this. We were eating, eating somewhere in a restaurant in, 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 the, in Chutzlaritz, and he says to me, you call yourself a Shlomo Hasid? I said, uh, where's this going? You know, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, how come I don't see you in Tel Aviv? How come I don't see you in Batyam? How come I don't see you in Chulon? How come I don't see you in Kikar Tzion? And this is a while ago, and you know, he's, I, 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 he said, remember, what, it's, it's about that too. You know, mm-hmm. It's about that too. Listen, all of us, the, the most beautiful thing about trying to like, take from the energy of Reb Shlomo is that it's so good that he did what he did because none of us have to be him, because he was him. Mm-hmm. And the greatest chiddush, and I tell this to Hever all the time, if he walked in right now and I could sing him one nigun, you think I would dare sing him one of his? <laughs> Not a chance. Mm. Not a chance. There's no way. I mean, I could fool him and sing some of his, but he wouldn't know it's his because he forgot the, he, he didn't remember that it's his, you know. But I would never. I would never. Mm-hmm. I would never. Remember how the, they say about the Beis Yaakov, you say, you know, someone came to him. They say this about sons also. They said... Um, you're, you're off, you're, you're not going in your father's way. And he said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. My father was a chiddush, and I'm a chiddush, so that's, mm-hmm. that's going in my father's way. Mm-hmm. So what was he? Was he a chiddush? He was a yeke, right? He was such a yeke, this German name, Karlbach. He was such a yeke, that, you know, yekes, they're so makpid. He was so makpid to always be late by like an hour and a half. It was like such, a, such an Indian to always not be on time, beshita. But his answer was always so great. How could it be you're so late every time? For two, two reasons. One, it doesn't start till I come, so you were early. That's, that's first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it's because I want to be able to relate to Mashiach when he finally comes, and I'm going to ask him also, brother, why are you so late? Why are you so late, you know? <laughs> the master of the one-liner, cash bomb, cash torahs. Like the, the master, the master of... The, huh? Mic dropper, yes. Mm-hmm. Before it was mic dropping, it was it was the one liner cash tires. <laughs> Alright, let's sing another another strong nigun. We sing Yeah yeah, of course, of course. This is a nigun he, there's no way he'd remember, okay? Listen to this one.
stop being a Yid. It's, it's Nusach. That's the book inside. So there's Nusach. We, we sing every Shabbos morning, Tzchus of Avi Miller. I'll tell you why. He heard me talk once about, about this Nusach of Nishmas Kolchai. Tevarechet Shimcha Hashem Alekeinu. And he said, he said, how come we don't, you know, we should, we should start doing it. And it took the, anyone knows, it took our Nishmas to, a, to Nishmas. Because I told him it's my father's favorite tefillah on Shabbos. So Reb Shlomo wrote this nusach when he was bearing, they were bearing his mother. And it was different words. It was Mizmor Ledavim Hashem Lohi Loyetzah Bino Yisdesher Yal I 
you everyone for coming. Ashrechem. Ashreinu. Ashreinu. Uh, I don't think the Avi reached that very soon. I know exactly what you're 